0: Welcome to the Power Podcast and our 2020 theme, Power Perspective. I'm Malia Warner, and this is episode 71, Claim Your Dream, How I Started My Author Journey. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners, thank you for being here today. Thank you for being here with me on this journey. I have an announcement that has been nine years in the making. Are you ready? Drum roll. My book, Lies of the Magpie, is available as of just a few seconds ago. It is uploaded to Amazon and the ebook version is available for pre sale right now. Print editions, paperback, hardback editions, those are going to be a couple of more weeks, maybe a couple more months on the hardback edition. But you could, at this moment, as you are listening to this, go to Amazon, search Lies of the Magpie, and order your very own Kindle edition for $9.99. And I can promise that is going to be $10 well invested. I don't even have qualms about saying that. Whether it's your favorite book or not, there is enough humor, there are enough laughs in the book to be worth your... $10. I've worked really hard to make it a good, interesting, emotional read. Everything I love out of a great book. And I know a lot of you have been waiting and thank you for your patience and you don't have to wait any longer. Okay, you have to wait a little bit longer. It's available for pre-sale. Today is May 25th. You order it right now and it will be delivered to you Friday, May 29th. So only a few more days that you have to wait. Go ahead and get your copy today and it will be in your delivery inbox, in your Kindle, however that works magically, that Amazon does by Friday, May 29th. So yay, it has come out in May and paperback version soon to follow cross fingers. So in the past couple of weeks leading up to the book launch, I have been doing Facebook Live author question and answer sessions It is so fun to connect with readers, some who I know, some who I've known for a long time and haven't seen for years, some who I've never met. And I can't get to every question during the 30-minute Facebook Live. This week, I got an excellent comment and question from actually one of my daughter's elementary school teachers from when we lived in Arizona during the time that this book takes place. And it's such a great question. I know it's a question that I've had. And I think it's a question that a lot of people have. And so definitely worthy of answering on a podcast episode. She said, congratulations on your book. And I would love to learn how you started your author journey. Thank you. And great question, Mrs. C. And thank you for being an awesome teacher and for figuring out my daughter needed glasses. She went through most of her kindergarten year Almost all the way deaf and mostly blind, but thanks to Mrs. C, we got her in some prescription eyewear. So 12 years ago, I signed up for my first writing class. And over the past 12 years, I have been hungry to know authors' stories. I've had the same question that Mrs. C asked. How did they get started? What steps did they take? Was it hard? What did they do when they got stuck? How did they get to where they are today? I searched blog entries where authors shared their writing journey. I attended writers conferences and flocked to sessions where authors shared the unfolding of their publication journey. And I think the questions and answers apply whether you're interested in writing or pursuing any other endeavor or dream that you have nestled inside. So today I'm going to share the beginning of my journey, writing, my author journey, and I have four takeaways which are good for whatever endeavor you're pursuing. Anything that you've ever wanted to try. Maybe you would use the word dream or maybe just an interest. But in any case, the goal for this episode is to give you four mindsets to break through the fear barrier and take the first step on your journey. And do you want to know what the very first step is? It is to claim your dream, to own it, to speak it out loud. I'm curious if we surveyed the population. I wonder how many people would answer that they are living with a buried desire, a dream, an ambition, something they've always wanted to try, but for myriad reasons have never taken any action or made the first step or have never even told anyone about their desire. 12 years ago, I signed up for my first official writing class, but my dream to become a writer dates much further back. It actually started in elementary school. I remember the very first 70-page spiral-bound notebook my mother handed me and told me I could write my name on the front cover. The notebook was all mine and it could be my journal and I could write anything I wanted in it. You know the kind of notebook I'm talking about. They go on sale every fall with the back to school supplies. My mother would buy them for 10 cents a piece, 10 for a dollar, and we had a trunk in our storage room filled with these notebooks and other school supplies. I remember it was yellow, it smelled new, all the pages were blank, crisp, no folds, no wrinkles. What you need to understand is I grew up the fifth of eight children. And when we wanted to write or draw or color, we went to our scrap paper drawer where my mom kept scrap paper and partially filled notebooks along with loose crayons and colored pencils. The drawer was stuffed with older brothers and sisters, old spelling or science notebooks from the previous school year. So I was always using the back pages of a notebook that already had been carted back and forth in a backpack to and from fifth grade for the school year. Our scrap paper drawer was so overflowing that notebook covers were usually ripped off or bent or torn. So when my mom handed me a new, clean, perfect notebook with no existing spelling lists or scribbles, I was giddy. I still get a zing thinking about it. If you are a writer, if you have words in you, I think that you can feel the zing just from me talking about it. If writing isn't your zing, there is something else that makes you zing. Either you already know exactly what it is, or in the next few days, just from having listened to this podcast, you're going to run into it. You'll be reminded of the thing that makes you zing. My brand new yellow notebook came to me about second grade. And guess what? I hardly wrote in it. Why? Why? Because it was so crisp and clean and beautiful. And my second grade writing was so bad, so scribbly, so messy. My spelling was atrocious. I didn't know about punctuation. And at age seven or eight, I already knew it. I could recognize it. And I didn't want to sully that beautifully perfect notebook with my sloppy, childish writing. So even though I had stories in me at that time, I did not write them down. I kept them inside. And sometimes my mom would come to me and encourage me to write about my birthday or Christmas or my baptism or a special event. But I knew I was so bad at writing and that the work of writing was so laborious that I wouldn't write it myself but I would tell her what I wanted to say so that she could write in her lovely cursive writing. I still have my first yellow notebook with only a few pages filled with my mother's cursive beautiful handwriting. Then I had the immense good fortune to have Mrs. Nina Gray as my fourth grade teacher. Now, if you're reading Lies of the Magpie and it says Miss Wickersham is my fourth grade teacher, Miss Wickersham is a representation, a compilation of my influential school teachers. I actually had Miss Wickersham in second grade, but I couldn't write about every single one of my teachers. That's why a memoir, some of the characters are consolidated or the story would go on a thousand pages. So Miss Gray, my fourth grade teacher, she assigned us to write an original story a week because it was homework and I had a designated school notebook. I did it. That year really cemented my love for writing and telling stories, both made up and real stories. As I went through school, you know, in school you get to do lots of writing, and it was assigned and graded, and it was important to me to be a good student, and so I always did the assignments. Then of course I went to college and I majored in creative writing and got a degree and pursued my dream and lived happily ever after. (sighs) Ha ha ha. I never touched writing again. I majored in political science. I wrote political analysis essays, but nothing creative. I got married. I had children. All that's in the book, but I never did anything with writing. I didn't write for fun. I didn't even make up stories to tell my children at bedtime. Why? Because I was afraid they would be stupid. I never even mentioned to my husband this deep-seated love I had for and this desire I had to write. Not once in all the time we dated, not once in the time that we were engaged, in eight years of marriage, I never pursued it. I never even spoke it. Why? Because I was so afraid of opening my mouth and soiling my dream. As long as this dream was buried safe and deep, then it was perfect and crisp, clean, not tarnished. It could remain this idealistic image. But speaking would tarnish it somehow. If I opened my mouth and told my kids an original bedtime story, that would turn out bad and stupid and immature and cliche, then I would have to face the truth that I didn't have what it takes to be a real storyteller. What's interesting is that during the time when I was becoming a mother and my children were young, blogging became a thing. Now you would think that blogging would be the ideal thing for me. I never touched it the years 2004, 2005, 2006 mommy bloggers were coming on the scene and i remember hearing about blogging and thinking that is the dumbest thing i've ever heard of first of all what kind of a word is blog that sounds like a creature from a swamp not an online journal and second who wants to read someone's online journal turns out a lot of people but I did not jump on that bandwagon. I didn't even walk behind the wagon there. It's sad to say, but I just did not have a morsel of bravery. I did not have a fraction of courage to put myself out there to try something that was so incredibly important to me. In our Facebook Live author Q&A, the very first one, I talked about how I think that when we really value something, when a dream is so important to us, we are so afraid of marring it that we run in the opposite direction. We move as far away from it as possible because we're so afraid to mess it up. It's that important to us. And I think it's how it was for me. Now, if there is one saving grace for me in all of these years, it was that I did keep personal journals. Not lovely, beautiful daily journals, but notes scribbled in dozens of, yes, 70-page spiral-bound 10-cent notebooks. And I still have boxes of these loose and scattered notebooks that my husband loves to tease me about. But I've been writing and collecting thoughts on scrap paper for years. Fast forward nine years of marriage. All that's in the book. If you want more details about it, you can go onto Amazon right now and buy for $9.99 that story of what happened in those nine years of marriage. If you want all those gory details, go right ahead. I'm going to jump ahead to nine years into marriage. I'm working to heal from postpartum depression, from chronic illness. And I am gently nursing my body and spirit and heart back to health. And for the first time in my life, I'm open to the question what do I want? What do I want my life to be? And I feel this long buried desire welling up. And I remember the day. My family were driving from Arizona to Utah, where we, aren't, we know that we're moving and we're coming up to look for houses, look for a place to live. And my husband is driving, and I'm in the passenger seat doing what? Writing, making notes in yet another spiral bound 10 cent notebook. And I begin writing ideas for a book. And I say out loud to my husband for the first time ever I want to write. I want to be a writer. And I shared the idea for this novel with my husband. I spoke it out loud. Isn't it interesting how fear prevents us from even speaking our dreams, even speaking them to ourselves? How fear prevents us from claiming and owning our desires. There are a lot of reasons for this. One, what if I'm bad at it? What if I say that I want to be a writer and people think, oh my goodness, she's terrible. I've read her email. She can't even compose a text. But also a big holdback is what am I going to do about it once I say it out loud? I didn't know the first thing about becoming a published author. And the distance from where I was having this interest, this desire to write, to having a finished published book felt so long, so undoable, that I never even took the first step because I didn't know how to get to the end. And I think a lot of us, because we don't know how to get from point A to point Z, because we don't know how to go from saying, I want this to achieving the end result that we just keep it silent. And I have such great news. You don't have to know anything. You don't have to know anything. You don't have to know a single thing about how to accomplish your dream, except to know what it is. You don't have to know what you're going to do with it. You don't have to know what will come of it. You don't have to know if you're ever going to make a living from it or even ever make a penny from it. You don't have to know that. Claiming a dream does not obligate you to go back to school or to become a professional. Just speak it. Declare it out loud. Own it and see what happens. Just try it. Say it in your own mind, to yourself. Then say it out loud. Then write it down. Ooh, and be even brave and tell someone. Say, I like such and such. I would really love to have more such and such in my life. Just say that. It doesn't obligate you to do anything more There are no dream police who are going to check up on you in a week and arrest you if you haven't made the dream happen. Don't worry about the results. Don't worry about what you don't know or what you might be bad at. The first step is to claim the dream for yourself. All you're doing is saying, I like this. I'm interested in it and I would like to learn more about it. I'm open to have opportunities to experience, to learn about this thing come into my life. It is amazing what happens when you declare an intention. You unlock magic. When the student is ready, the teachers appear. Do it and see what happens. Opportunities will present themselves. I think another reason that sometimes we don't say or own our dreams is because we mistakenly think we have to have the one and only dream and that it has to be huge and amazing and achieved at a breakthrough level. That is not true. We can have multiple dreams. We can just have interests and they can be lived at different scales. I can dream to dance and I don't have to train to be in the New York ballet. I don't have to make a living from my dream. I can pursue a dream for fun, for curiosity. I would love to have horses in my life. I dream about horseback riding. It's something I'm open to that I would be more available to having in my life. I dream of being able to work with John Lasseter and create an animated film. I dream of being able to sing and play the guitar or the ukulele. I dream of being able to hold a handstand for five minutes, not balanced against anything. And I dream of having a finished, published, printed book. I am still waiting on the printed book. I have in my head for years and years had this image of my first shipment of books arriving And I see myself opening the box and opening the flaps and reaching in and lifting out my book and my cover and my name on the cover. And it's close. It's so close to becoming a reality. And it never, ever would have come to pass if I hadn't declared out loud, I want to write. I want to be a writer. This is the first step and you will never get to point Z without taking the first step of claiming owning your dream. It's the first step. Take it. Do that first step and see what happens. Power principle number two, take the next simple step. An opportunity will present itself. Act on it in the most simple doable way. One step at a time. Do not become overwhelmed with eating the whole elephant in one bite. Now, here's a little warning. Make sure to discern the best opportunities. Once you're open, you might have opportunities appear in the form of a $10,000 writing publishing course that guarantees you'll be published in three months. And I say, be wary of those. Why? Because usually real dreams cannot be fast-tracked. If it is a real dream, your commitment and your persistence will be tested. We live in such a microwave society that we want to be able to pop our dream in, set it on high for 30 seconds and come out with a finished result. But be wary of opportunities where you are paying someone else to make your dream happen. I don't know how to do it, but if I just sign on the dotted line and swipe my credit card, then these people will do it and make it happen and I'll have this result. Beware of wanting only the result without paying the dues. So often we doubt ourselves and we want someone else to affirm, to validate that we're good enough. We want that backing. We want someone else to discover us and just tell us what we need to do to become all that we want to become. But if the dream is real, then you are willing to sign on to the sweat and the sweet. You're willing to put in the time and take the risks. So beware of the sale of the microwave dream creation. And one at a time, just take the next best step. What is the song from the animated film Frozen 2? Do the next right thing and be wary of anything that incites you to be able to speed it up or make it seem easier. Just just be cautious of that. Power principle number three in claiming and moving toward achieving your dream is absolutely to give yourself permission to be bad at it. Be willing to do what it takes to get there. I know in your mind that your dream is beautiful and shiny and sparkly and crystal, but when you bring it out into reality and you see it close up, it's going to be messy. It's going to take work. There are going to be problems. You're going to have to balance your time and your family. It might take some investment. It's not all going to be pretty. There's, you got to deal with the ugly baby. Be willing to do what it takes to get there. You have to be bad before you can be good. So every time you sit down to write or you sit down to practice or whatever it is that you're pursuing, what comes out will make you cringe because you know what good writing is. You love it. And you're smart enough to recognize that what is coming out of you is not good writing. That's going to Feel really yucky? Do it anyway. Just keep being bad. Keep putting out cringe worthy work. Just keep doing it. If you knew that you had to go through every level of bad in order to get to the good, then it kind of helps you to know okay, I've, I've finished one level of bad. There it goes. The next day I'm going to sit down. Okay go through another level of bad, go through another level of bad. You have to go through the levels of bad in order to get to the good. Another way to say this is be willing to fail. Be okay with losing at your dream. Be okay with just losing the game for a while. You're playing the dream game and just be okay knowing that you're going to lose a lot more rounds than you'll win. As much as you can, hunker down mind your own work, avoid comparisons with other people. It's good to learn from others. It's good to follow others as long as you're not comparing because that will smash your dream. It's also okay to protect your creations at first. You don't have to share your rough drafts. You don't have to share your second or third or fourth drafts. You can, but you don't have to. You can keep those to yourselves. At some point, it is really good to share. It's really good to start opening yourself up and sharing. And you'll start to make a lot more progress when you're able to do that too. But at first you don't have to. My fourth and final power principle for pursuing your dream is to be patient. I think dreams are like pot roasts. They are much better when they are slow cooked. Last week's episode was all about planting seeds and growing a garden and having results. And I think there are so many lessons in growing a garden that good things take time. When you claim your dream, you're planting a seed and then you are going to do a lot of work to care for and nurture that seed. You are going to water, you're going to make sure there's sunshine, you're going to be putting on a lot of fertilizer. Just think of all of those terrible words, all that cringe-worthy writing as the fertilizer. It's, it's just the crap that's going to fertilize. You get the crap out, pour lots and lots of crap on it, and it's going to fertilize the seed until it grows. You're going to be weeding. You're going to be studying some gardening lessons so that you get better at your skill of growing your seed. The harvest takes time. And you know what? It's awesome because in the meantime, you become the person who is able to support your dream. There is wisdom in the delay between planting the seed and reaping the harvest because who you develop into in the process of work enables you to have the skills, the knowledge, the experience, the temperance to be able to support the results that come with achieving your dream. It's a wise and beautiful process and go with it. Some of the thoughts that trip me up the most are when I get thinking, oh no, I have to do this now. It has to be done today. There's a deadline. That makes me get all stressed and tangled up. It blocks my creativity. But when I remind myself, there's no deadline. This is my dream. I'm in charge of the time frame here. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to have anything written at a certain length in a certain time. I'm doing this because I want to. Whenever the writing or the pursuing publishing process has become stressful to me, then I know I'm doing it wrong. Whenever it starts to become something that I feel like I have to do, then I know I've got to make a course correction and go back to my brain and remind myself, I don't have to do this. I don't have to do anything. This is my dream. I'm doing it because I want to. And that mindset change is powerful. It enables me to tap back into my creativity and the energy that comes from the passion that I feel rather than a feeling of obligation. I hope these four power perspectives have been helpful to you and have reignited your passion to pursue an interest. We aren't limited to one dream in our life. We can have multiple interests and multiple desires that we want to pursue. We can have more than one dream. There's not one and done. And every time we start to pursue a dream, it's the same process. First, you claim it, you own it. And I'm going to refer you back to the episode, the very first or second episode of what do I want? What is the desire of my heart? And unlocking the power of desire then the second power principle is to take the next logical doable step. Don't worry about knowing the whole picture. Don't worry about knowing the end. It's okay if you don't know what step number four, five, and six are. Just take step number two. Then principle, power principle number three, give yourself permission to be bad. I'll link to that episode in the show notes, the episode about giving yourself permission to be bad. Once you give yourself permission to be bad at something, then you can become good at it, but you really can never become good at it until you've given yourself permission to be bad at it first. And the fourth power principle is to be patient. Put your dream in the slow cooker, plant your seed in the soil. It's going to take time and the result will be beautiful. This is Malia Warner. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to participate a little bit in the celebration of one of my dreams come true, you can go to Amazon right now and order the ebook version of Lies of the Magpie. And I'm warning all my readers, buckle up. It's going to take you on an emotional ride and don't start it if you want to get a good night's sleep. Just saying, consider yourself warned. Thank you so much for being here, my friends. Have a great week. I will meet you back next time for another episode of the Power Podcast. Until then, this is Malia Warner. Bye-bye.